at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of the Bronx Beat Podcast presented by BP Bronx. I'm your host, EJ Fagan. Tonight I am joined by Scott Moss. Hey guys. And Dr. Paul Semendinger. Hey EJ, hey Scott, how are you? I, I'm doing excellent. We're recording this as the All-Star Game has gone on. So Aaron Judge kicked off the All-Star Game, or at least the top, the, the bottom of the first, with a, a home run to the the the... the Visiting, I guess the the AL bullpen, which was caught by none other than Luis Severino, so turned out pretty well. Hey, I hope he does that the whole rest of the way. It was nice to see him turn on a fastball and send it deep to left. Yeah, it was the the home run derby. I watched a little bit of it. And it's always boring, and there's a lot of ways you can make it better. But it would be a lot more fun if Aaron Judge was in the home run derby. No doubt. Or or John Carlos Dan or someone else who can just hit like 115 mile an hour balls, you know, left and right. Um, so clearly the Horman Derby is interesting. Uh, the all-star game is not very interesting. Uh, I am constantly bored by the all-star game, you know, as much as fun as it is to have Mike Trout mic'd up in center field, uh, baseball players are boring people and it's boring to watch them try to be fun, but I do want to do something fun. And in order to do something fun, I've decided to ask, uh, my panelists here, uh, a trivia question. And what's wonderful about being the host is that I don't have to answer the trivia question. I just get to a- ask it and seem like a genius for knowing the answers in front of me. I have a list of 11 players right now. And these 11 players are New York Yankees who have been all-stars since the 2014 season. So the 2014, 15, 16, 17, and 18 season Yankee all-star representatives. Several of these players have been all-stars more than once. One player has been all-star, an all-star four times. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to uh, draft these players, essentially. So we're going to do a little trivia round, which is a survival round. So one of Scott or Paul is going to go first. Uh, they're going to pick a player. And if that player is, is one of these 11 players on this list, uh, they get to move on to the next round. If, a, if somebody guesses wrong, the, next, uh, the, 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 the other person will have a chance to win the game by immediately guessing a correct answer. If you guess the person who has had four all-star appearances, the Yankee who has four all-star appearances, uh, you get to force your opponent to go twice in a row. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I love it. There's a great game here. By the way, so you have to be explicit about the player. You don't just get to accidentally guess the player. You have to say, this is the player that I think has been in four all-star games since 2014. Uh, we're going to start. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin in my head, and that coin is going to be Paul. Okay. Paul, you're going to go first. Give me one Yankee All-Star since the 2014 season. Aaron Judge. That is correct. Aaron Judge has been an All-Star twice. Uh, Scott, well, who, would you, who would you like to pick? Luis Severino. Luis Severino, that is correct. He's also been an All-Star twice. Paul, it is on you. This is a tough game. I am going to say Aroldis Chapman. 
Aroldis Chapman has been an all-star just once for the Yankees during this time, which is pretty amazing to me. Uh, now to Scott. We're including 2014? We are including 2014. Uh, they this former shortstop who's pretty good. His name is Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is not an all-star. What? He has, was not an all-star in 2014, uh, at least according to Baseball References all-star list. Uh, and so uh, uh, you have a chance to win it now, Paul. <laughs> Early in the game, I'm going to say Alex Rodriguez. You are not correct. Oh so God. we survived for another round. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez was not on any of these all-star teams, at least according to MLB trade rumors. This actually might be the elected list for all I know. I'm not sure. I don't think it is because uh, there's some players in here that were not elected. But this is this is the – Baseball reference list, and I'm going with it. A-Rod is not correct. We continue the game. Scott, give me another all-star. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, man, the pressure's on now that I feel like I have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, it gets a little harder now. It's fun. Got to think back to like those 2014, 2015 teams. Yeah. Uh, Mark Teixeira was an all-star once during this list. I think it was during that season that A-Rod was also good. So you you get a correct answer there, Paul. Name me another All Star. Nobody's tried to go for the four, the, the number four guy. Yeah, well, that's too hard. We can't even get the one guys. Uh, yeah, just but just imagine if Scott had to guess two in a row right now. <laughs> All right, you ready? <laughs> Robinson Cano. Yes, Robinson Cano was not on any of these teams. Robinson Cano is not. He was he left the Yankees after I believe the twenty thirteen season. Uh, so then uh, Scott gets one and he beats me. That is true. If Scott, if Scott can name another Yankee All-Star during this time, he wins. Okay, and we're not 100% sure if it's elected or what list is? This is just the baseball reference list. I, I, these are, they, they, some of these players are not elected, I, I can tell you that. We've already named Rawls Chapman. Okay, I'm going to press the choke on this one. Um, what? Um, okay, uh, pretty sure it was recent enough. Red Garner. Brett Gardner was an all-star, so uh, Scott wins it after I could hear some pain in both of your arms. I'm going to name the remaining all-stars on this list. Would any of you guys like to take a shot at who the number four, the, the guy who's made four all-star teams in this time was? Four times as a Yankee? As a Yankee. Oh, well, how many teams did he play? Masahiro Tanaka. Nope, he's a relief pitcher. Uh, Batances. Dylan Batances, four times. Four time All Star wow. during this time. That's nuts. Uh, the other names that we did not that you did not name are Andrew Miller, Gary Sanchez last year, Glaber Torres this year, which is a <laughs> bit of a surprise to me. Carlos Beltran, <laughs> Starlin Castro. No way. Which is weird. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Carlos Beltran and, and Andrew Miller. So um Good, good game, guys. We're going to continue. We're going to, I think I'm going to do some more trivia. I, I enjoy my Yankees trivia uh, on this show, so uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully this wasn't too bad audio. So that's our all-star game coverage. That's all we got. We're moving on to something more interesting. The Yankees are probably not getting Manny Machado. So uh, Ken Rosenthal and others are reporting that the Dodgers are probably going to be the ones to get Manny Machado. Makes a lot of sense for them. The Dodgers don't have Corey Seager, so they need somebody to play shortstop. They've got a deep farm system, et cetera. Uh, they're they're contenders. They they're they're clearly they clearly would benefit from Manny Machado. So I want to ask you guys first your reaction right here. It seems like the Yankees 
made a push for Manny Machado, but will likely not get him. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe that these reports are all BS, but they probably won't get him. Uh, so let's see. So Scott, you won the game. You go first. Uh, what do you? What's your reaction here? Are you are you disappointed, surprised, angry? What 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 what's what's with this Manny Machado situation? I'm one part disappointed, four parts relieved. In that I'm pretty high in Machado. I think he would have made the team a lot better because I've soured on Endures a little bit. But ultimately, look, the Orioles, despite being one of the most maligned front offices in baseball for, you know, however they go about doing things, uh, you know, Alex Cobb and uh, Kashner and whatnot. But it seems like, hey, they've been dealt a good hand. It's easy to play a good hand well. They have at least five teams bidding each other up on Manny Machado. What that almost assures is that unlike the Giancarlo Stanton market where the Yankees were bidding against nobody and knew it and therefore got to give up Starling Castro and two guys in the Little League or something, this is a situation where I feel like it's almost guaranteed that whoever gets him will be an overpay because look, when you have five people bidding, you have five teams all appraising Manny Machado. They're all going to have relatively similar values, but whoever wins is going to be whoever appraises with the highest value. And probably if five teams are all guessing, guesstimating, appraising his value, whoever's highest is probably overestimating a little bit. Whoever's third is probably average. It's, you know, the old winner's curse in auction. So I feel like whoever gets him, they're going to, you know, the report the prospect's given up is not going to be like the Stanton trade for garbage. It's not going to be like the J.D. Martinez trade, which there also weren't a lot of suitors for last year. I think they're going to give up serious prospects. And for the Yankees, that really, the only way they would have a game, I think, is giving up one or both of Sheffield and Frazier. I bet the offer is going to be something like those two from some team, and I'm glad they're not doing that. Paul, how many parts relieved and how many parts disappointed? You know, 100% relieved and zero disappointed. Machado would make the team better, but (laughs) but I didn't want him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make the team appreciably better over the long term than uh, Andujar or whatever uh, Andujar or whoever they're trading could get us as far as some quality pitching. Um, There's something about Machado that just says to me, this is A-Rod repeated once again. He's great. He's awesome. He's a spectacular talent. Is he going to be great throughout his entire Yankee career? Are they going to have to extend him to make it worth their while? Um, and then are we going to have this ginormous contract on our hand for the next 10 years? And are the Yankees then going to not get players because of the fact that they're watching whatever luxury tax is in place at that time? And we're saying in uh, 2025, oh, my God, Machado, he's done. He's over the hill. And yet we can't get this great player, whoever it is, Derek Jeter Jr. or whoever it might be, because of the fact that we have this onerous contract with Manny Machado. So I'm all for staying with these kids. Um using our trade bait for a top needed talent that we need, not at a position that's a luxury. And even if the Yankees don't trade for Machado, we'll be having this exact same conversation in November. I'm, I'm a, I'm a little more disappointed than either of you guys. I think that I, I agree with Scott that there's an auction winner's curse in trades like this, where very often like the team that decides that, that really wants a role Chapman the most is going to have to give up, give up a lot for them and they may regret it later. Right. So, Rawls Chapman, in, in hindsight, it looks like the Cubs made a pretty bad decision when they gave up Glaber Torres for, for Rawls Chapman. But, um, you know, that's, that's just, you know, inherent to, the, to, the, to, the, to being in a competitive auction. I think that the Yankees, I think there was a lot of opportunity for the Yankees to kind of do a 
trade for Manny Machado and then trade uh, Miguel Honduar for, for pitching kind of deal. And I think that would have made the team a lot better. I think it would have increased our chances of signing Machado in the offseason. And I, I kind of would like to dump the money on him. And I, you know, I, there's not a lot of other good. We're going to talk about other trade candidates later th- this episode. And there's really not a lot of other real strong ways to improve the Yankee team right now on the trade market, barring some kind of trade that we're not expecting. And, you know, yeah, the Yankees have, uh, you know, the Yankees would have to give up a decent amount for Machado, but I bet like the, the package that we're hearing about for the Dodgers isn't that nuts. Like it's not, I think it's what Yasniel Diaz is kind of the, the player that, that looks like it's, it's, it's going to happen. And they even, even looks like the Orioles are going to be sending some, uh, taking some money on from the Dodgers. Yasniel Diaz is fine. He's like a really good prospect, but he's not. Yeah, he's it's not someone we're gonna miss. Like we could, he's basically Clint Frazier, kind of in the in the prospect world, I guess. And if you told me that I give up Clint Frazier for Manny Machado, I think I'd probably do it. Maybe, and you know, maybe even Clint Frazier is better than Desmond Diaz. So that's kind of, I I'm, I am a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, but we're gonna talk about other players the Yankees could trade for, so maybe they can kind of make it up. And at least he's not being traded to the mm-hmm. Red Sox. That would be bad. Uh, that would be that would be very bad. Um, so, you know, if we, if he hurts us, he hurts us in the world series and that's about it. Uh, but let's move on. Let's move on to players that Yankees might actually trade for. Uh, and maybe Manny Machado is one of those, but MLB trade rumors put out today, their list of the top 75 players most likely to be traded at the trade deadline. They rank them. Uh, we're going to talk about some of these players and which players we're each going to pick a player that the Yankees, uh, they would like this. We would like to see the Yankees trade for. And a player that we do not want to see the Yankees touch. So we're gonna for for that second one, we're only gonna consider players that like might plausibly be traded for. So the Yankees aren't trading for Wilson Ramos anytime soon. Um, so we're not gonna talk about that. But there's some players on here that you could see the Yankees being interested in, and I just some of us just want no part in those players. Uh, so I'm gonna go to Paul first. Paul, give me one player that you think the Yankees should trade for. Well, it's an extensive list, EJ. I just want to take a quick step back uh, to your uh, trivia question because it's something I was thinking about. We're talking about the fact that we're really not watching Uh the All-Star game and we're not all that interested in it. And I think the fact that you have a bunch of Yankee fans who spend their time doing Yankee stuff and the fact that we can't name the 11 guys who have been on the All-Star game in the last five years, I think, says uh, volumes about how important and how interesting the all-star game really is. But thank you. I think it's a very uh, good point. To go to the list, you know, it's not an inspiring list. I, I read a great article today um, on the internet. I forget exactly which site had it, but it said, and I had actually written something like this similarly a couple weeks ago, that patience is great, except when you wait too long. And the Yankees, you know, did they didn't uh, go after Garrett Cole hardly hard enough, or they were too patient with that deal and they didn't get him with the idea that when the trade deadline comes, there's going to be a slew of all-star great uh, difference maker starting pitchers that they can get because they didn't get Garrett Cole. And we could argue Garrett Cole one way or the other, but the fact was the idea was there's going to be a lot of pitchers available right now to help the starting rotation. And it just doesn't seem like they're there. And so without a great starting pitcher, I think what I would do is I would go for another great pitcher in the bullpen and, I would go for a lefty, so I think what I would do is I would look at Brad Hand. That would be my guy. I would probably invest my time, effort, and energy in trying to get him. 
All right, so the left, uh, he, he's a left-hand reliever, Brad Hand. Brad, Brad Hand. I always get Brad Hand uh, confused with uh, the guy in the, the Orioles. Uh, there's another Brad on the Orioles. Regardless, Brad Hand is with the Padres. Uh, he's got a, he's got, uh, he has 44 innings pitched this season, a 3.05 ERA. He's been their closer. He's really good. Uh, oh, what would I, you give you up? You know what? I, I think Brad Hand is going to be one of those guys Scott's talking about, and you were uh, repeating the idea of the buyer's curse when there's a big auction. And I think he's going to be one of these guys that people are really going to be in on, especially teams like the Astros who want to really improve their bullpen. So I think the Yankees, what they just need to do is improve their super strength. And Brad Hand then pitches the innings then instead of chasing Shreve. But I don't give up a whole ton. I think I I, I let them look at our farm, but I, I don't give them Sheffield. I don't give them Frazier. And I probably don't give them uh, Dylan Tate, who really is really impressing people this year. Outside of that, maybe uh, one of the top pitchers, Acevedo, one of those guys, and maybe a lesser prospect. But I'm not going to give up the farm. I'm not going crazy. All right, Scott. Scott, give me a player. Uh, by the way, as far as uh, – I don't disagree with Hand, but really the awesome option for Brad Hand would be this. Paul may remember this. The Yankees used to have a catcher named Barry Foote, who's now retired, of course. So I think they should bring back Barry Foote as sort of a coach, just so at one point you can see Hand to Foot as the battery, even if it's just in the spring <laughs> training game. Anyhow, but I'm bummed. I'll be here all night. Um, the, it's a two-part trade, I suggest. I would basically give up a blank check for Noah Syndergaard. I just think he's that good. Um, he's 25. That's four and a half years younger than DeGrom. I think that for all the talk about Machado being a unique trade commodity, he was a unique trade commodity in how good a player he is, sure, but he's a two and a half month rental. Um, the idea of trading Syndergaard just seems so out of the box crazy to me that if the Mets are seriously willing to consider it, that's an unprecedented thing for anyone to give up, an asset as high in value as um, a guy who's, you know, 25 years old, he's younger than Aaron Judge, and is basically tied for best pitcher in the game. I'd give up whatever. I don't even know. Just tell them it's make me an offer, and then I'd haggle, and then I'd just say yes, whatever it is. Um, but the other step, though, that I think would make it doable is this. Um, I think that whenever Machado's traded, there are going to be three or four teams disappointed they didn't get him. If I'm cash my get on the phone and say, hi, would you prefer Miguel Andujar or Brandon Drury as a consolation prize? Give me one good pro- pitching prospect for him. And that'll sort of replenish the fact that you're probably going to give up like three top prospects for Syndergaard. So suddenly you give up something like Sheffield, Frazier, and another top prospect for Syndergaard, but you get back one, I think, you could get for Andujar, and then suddenly you've got two prospects for Syndergaard. And I don't think you lose a step if you replace Andujar with Drury. All right, so so Scott is going for it, and I think that's uh, uh, that is interesting. And I'm assuming the same argument would apply to Degrom. Uh, a little less so, only that you know they're similar this year. But look, other things equal, the pitcher who's 25 versus the pitcher who's 30, that's a big difference. And even the probability that next year he's that good. Degrom's had a bit more up and down, whereas Syndergaard, yeah, he's had some injuries, but he's been pretty consistently top of the league. Uh, his career area is 291, his fifth 260 for his career, and he hasn't had any stinker of a year. So I think he's just reliably that good and will be for years to come. As much as any pitcher is a ticking time bomb, of course, but he has a lot more years left in DeGrom. All right. Well, there we go. So I'm going to I'm gonna take a pick right here, and I'm going to pick... I, I was looking for a starting pitcher, and I couldn't find a starting pitcher, and we're going to probably talk about some of those and players we want to avoid. 
and although I agree completely with with everything that, that Scott said, I just I, I I'm skeptical that that there'll be a real availability there. Uh, I'm going to pick I think what I'm calling Neil Walker 2.0, and that is Derek yeah Derek Dietrich of the Miami Marlins. So if you haven't heard of Derek Dietrich, don't worry, very few people have, uh, including people who you know go to Marlins games frequently. He's a left-handed batter. He's kind of a bad infielder. So he plays second and third, not very well at either position. He hasn't really found a lot of full-time major league playing time because his defense is so bad. Uh, but he's, he's stuck at those positions. He, he, can, he can play some outfield. He can play some first base. And he's a really good platoon hitter. He's currently hitting on the season 288, 354, uh, 451. Uh, but against left-handed batters, as this is loading and I'm stalling, uh, he is hitting. He is hitting. Uh, I'm sorry, versus right-handed hitters. He's hitting 305, 376, 465. I think this is a player that the Yankees need. I think he could play a little bit at third from Miguel Andujar against tough righties. I think he can play at first. He can play at first if Greg Bird uh, goes back into a slump, though he's been playing well lately. So maybe maybe that's not necessary. He can play a little bit at second. He can pinch in off the bench, etc. I think he's really good. I think he is essentially what we want Brandon Drury to be. Brandon Drury's got a little bit of a problem that he's a better defender than Derek Dietrich, but he's a worse hitter. And for a bench player who's, who's not playing full-time, the balance of importance goes toward hitting because you're pinch hitting more than you are coming as defensive replacement. And uh, I think I think that he's just an interesting player right there. He's about to get kind of expensive for the Marlins, so he's arbitration eligible. Got paid $3 million this year. He'll get paid probably five or six next year. You know, He's a free agent in a few years, so he's going to be on the team for a long time. I think it could be an effective bench bat. And I think the biggest issue the Yankees have other than starting pitching heading into the, into the, into the fall is that they're very right-handed and Manny Machado would have made that worse, but Manny Machado is good enough. That wouldn't matter. The Yankees need a, need a player to go up against like a tough right-handed pitcher because there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of righties in this lineup and we've seen the Yankees record against righty starters and lefty starters and they destroy lefty starters but they're not very good against righty starters. And I think that Derek Dietrich is a nice low-cost way to solve that problem. All right, moving on. Paul, give me a player that you do not want any part of at the trade deadline. Okay, so when I did this exercise, I started at the top of the list of that article that you had sent. And we get right down to this where they group a bunch of starting pitchers together, numbers 6 through 10. Um at the beginning of the year, and, and if they get him, I won't be mad. I, I've, I've always liked Cole Hamels. He's not what he should be or could be or was, but he's not the guy. Still my pick. I, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind if the Yankees got him. I still have this hope that he defies all logic and is great. So on that same list, though, is this guy named Nathan Eovaldi. And I know his numbers are great and, and all that. We did this. We played this game. I don't want him back as a Yankee. That's my guy. All right, no Nathan Eovaldi, who looked like he was having like a a career resurgence, and then he gave up like nine runs in his last start. Uh, Scott, give me a player like you that. do not yeah. want any part of. By the way, agree on Eovaldi. I'll give you another player, but I distinctly remember that Eovaldi had one stretch below the Yankees and then gave up some like eight runs in less than an inning. He just does this. This is not, oh, he'd have a great ERA without that. No, that is a feature of Nathan Eovaldi that someday – He'll show up half asleep or something, and he'll give up about, you know, 14 five-run home run first inning or whatever. Um, the person I really want nothing to do with is Matt Harvey because <laughs> it risks stating the obvious, but this guy has been declined. There's some evidence he's a head case. I don't love explanations that 
the guy isn't mentally tough, the guy is a head case, the guy needs to toughen up. Usually that's just uh, the human tendency to write human uh, motives and it's clear that any victory is strength of character and any defeat is a failing of character. And if something bad happens to you, that is because, you know, Agamemnon did some crap that got the Greek gods angry or something, right? So, but I think Matt Harvey, it's true. He's um, widely reported to go out drinking and partying late at night uh, before he starts and things like that. Um, he wrote what at the time on the Players' Tribune, or had someone write, um, an article about how it's really tough coming back from surgery because you're tempted to just be drinking a lot, abuse substances, you get really depressed. And at the time, I thought it was really brave to say. It's possible we've learned since is that it's, while still brave, it's that he suffers this more than most. But there may be something about Matt Harvey. And I'll go further, which is that I went to a Matt Harvey game in 2013 when he was the best. And it was great seeing him. And Votto hit a home run, and nobody else in the Reds can touch him, basically. But he hasn't really generally been that guy. He sort of was just that one year, basically, because he came back and got a little lucky, got a little hurt at the end of the year. He's just been on a slow glide path downward. In other words, this is not a guy who was good for many years and had a decline recently. I think that this mythos about him that, boy, he lost it, but if he gets back to where he was. No, where he was was most of a season in 2013, most of a season 2015, and then three years of basic garbage since then. And he's you know, pushing 30. So I really want nothing to do with Matt Harvey. I think he's a mirage, basically. You can convince that you can catch lightning in a bottle, but he's really not long been that great ace that people thought he would be and he looked like he would be, but it was for a very short time too long ago. All right. So at the risk of being boring, uh, I'm not going to, uh, to avoid being boring, I'm not going to say Cole Hamels, but let me just say, thank God Cole Hamels gave up a bunch of runs and ZRA doesn't look low anymore because he is awful. I do not want him on this team. Uh, and I feel like the like uh, there's a lot of like MLB network types who are who are just talking about how great Cole Hamels is because he used to be really good and you know will have an outside shot at the Hall of Fame and is a really nice guy and it'd be great for the Yankees to get him and no way do not give me any Cole Hamels. However, I'm going to pick a relief pitcher who's surprisingly high on this MLB trade rumors list mm. and that is Zach Britton. Zach Britton is third on the MLB trade trade rumors list. He is undoubtedly going to go somewhere at the trade deadline. And I think whatever contending team who trades for him is going to regret it dearly. He is not good this season. He has a 4.3 FIP. He is walking the ballpark. Remember, this is a guy who used to walk nobody. and used to be, That used to be his strength. He is not striking guys out. His 3.68 ERA is not very good. But that's all fine. Like, whatever. He would not be the worst reliever in the Yankee bullpen. My problem with Zach Britton is that if the New York Yankees trade for him, even if they say that we're just going to use him as a loogie, he is now just going to just be focused on left-handed hitters, they're going to give him high leverage innings because he is Zach Britton and he has a reputation and that's just how baseball works. And that will be a disaster. Like He will blow games for whatever contender he gets traded to, and I want none of that. The Yankee bullpen is fine. I would love to trade for a left hand reliever, I think Paul's suggestion of Brad Hand is a great idea. I would love to, you know, find one more good right-hander to kind of replace like Adam Warren or somebody like that uh, for the playoffs. But Zach Britton is not that guy. No to Zach Britton. I want no part of him. I think that the Yankees are better off without him uh, avoiding Zach Britton, uh, even if he, he costs nothing from the Orioles. That's our show, everybody. Thank you guys for joining me. Any more thoughts on the trade deadline? You know, I want to ask you guys, what do you expect to happen? Actually, that's a good question. Scott, you go first. Like what? Like a week from now, or I guess two weeks from now, whenever, whenever the trade deadline is, 
Like, what do you think is actually going to happen to the Yankees? It's a good question. I wouldn't be surprised if I think the odds are like 50-50 that they get an underwhelming starter or a very good reliever in that the starter market is garbage. But for that reason, maybe they'll give up very little and get an adequate starter who at least eats innings. It's also possible that, look, you need starters more than you need relievers. But if you get someone who lets you drop Chase and Shreve and get more innings than Warren, you can save runs even more in the bullpen um, than you're saving now. And that'll make up for some starter runs about. So I think that could be the fallback. If I had to guess right now, I would say they land a pretty good reliever. Paul, what do you think? Uh, I'm not going to disagree with Scott. I, uh, part of me says we're going to be sitting here on August 1st and saying, boy, they didn't really do anything. I can't believe it. That's happened more years than we care to admit over the last uh, decade or so. Um, and and I, th- I have a feeling it's going to happen again. I'm with you there, I think, Paul. I think I'm with you there. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty anticlimactic uh, trade deadline. Uh, so we'll have to see. We will be back next week. Hopefully by next week, uh, there'll be at least some news regarding Manny Machado, uh, but they'll also have Glaber Torres back. They'll have Gary Sanchez back. It uh, should be a much improved Yankee team. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.